Today's episode is brought to you by Diane Kinlaw of Go Prime Mortgage and Jamie Tulak of EXP Realty. I've been asking myself this question all week, actually, is it reminds me of the Friends episode where Phoebe is like, there is no selfless act. Correct. Right? And I'm like, oh, I think she was right because even when I am doing something, I'm still getting something out of it. Even if it's that feeling of like, yay, that made me happy. You know what right. I mean? And I'm in this place and COVID has like prompted that because I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? I want to give, I want But then I'm like, but none of it feels truly selfless because I'm still getting something out of it because it feels good. You know what right. I mean? And I'm like, damn it. But I don't think you're like we're being the selfish ones. Right. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Midgley. And I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. And y'all, we are in the studio today! so much fun to be back in the studio. North Carolina opened and a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Our We're county still social first. distancing, mm-hmm. everybody. Don't be angry. No. We are still very far apart. And I came in with my hand sanitizer, my bleach wipes, and I didn't touch anybody. No. And I cleaned everything on my space. Yep. And so everybody have no fear. We are right. still social distancing. And I'm um, very grateful to Joe for the studio setup where yes. we can social distance. Woo, woo. Yeah, Shout I'm excited out. too. We it's need good to, to have people back in here tour. see humans, yes. right? <laughs> we need to just do a tour, like a Facebook Live before we leave, like a studio welcome, new studio tour. Yeah, we y'all need to check it out. We'll totally do that. Okay, today right. our guest is the one, the only, the infamous Jay Scott Runner. Infamous. I'm like, we need like infamous. some kind of intro music with that. Like that sounds like that, that's right? a famous <laughs> ass name right there, y'all. <laughs> Seriously. That sounds oh, legit. It. it does sound legit. <laughs> but are you suggesting that he's not legit just because he sounds legit? No, I want to know where the legit name comes from. Because it's not just like, yo, my name is Scott Rudder. I am Jay Scott Rudder. He is Jay Scott Rudder. So I need to hear the backstory What's the J? on that. So Jeffrey. So my dad's name is Jeffrey Craig Rudder. And again, they decided to name me Jeffrey Scott sounded better than Scott Jeffrey. And so there's no juniors in our household. And so as a kid, I was called Scotty. With a Y, not like Scotty Hunley, but like Scotty McCreary. Yeah, yeah, but not, but not query. But <laughs> oh, is that that country singer? From yes, us? that is from here, y'all. Homegrown okay. Garner. Garner, yeah, yes. used to be at that. Scotty uh, with a Y. Yes, with the food. Or, yes, or no, no, no. It was. Um, I'm sorry. What's the other one that's now Harris Teeter? Kroger. Kroger. Yeah, it was Kroger. Sorry, yeah. let me get it right. Not Food Lion. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. So just again, uh, always went by Scott, and you know, of course, you have to still be proud of the J right? To, to carry on a little bit of my dad. Yep. And so to further complicate things, my son's name is Justin Scott Rudder. So, but he goes by Justin. It's so it. it's, I love that. So like yeah. my brother-in-law is John Paul, but he goes by Paul and my nephew is Paul James, but no middle name. It's just Paul James. Mm-hmm. My sister was always insistent that they, he was never going to get like a nickname, right? He was never going to be PJ. He was never just going to be Paul because my brother-in-law is Paul and all that. And, but he doesn't do J Paul. He just does Paul. 
And all of, by the time he was like eight or nine, all of my nephew's friends were calling him PJ. <laughs> my, sister, <laughs> my sister was like, no, his name is Paul James. And like, I get it. Right. And now when my son was a baby and he had like this, you know, idolization of his big cousin, he called him because a lot of his friends would also call him Peej, but Nicholas couldn't say it. So he would say PJ. So now, that's like, so cute. We've even butchered the nickname and it's just forever Pija. And so it's, I think it's interesting. And like in our house, we have. Well, it's the legacy. Like, yeah, it's the legacy. That legacy that yep. you're passing down. I love that. Yep. And so Nicholas has Scott's middle name. So it's Nicholas Matthew and after Scott Matthew. And, and I like the way you're doing it too, because it's not like, okay, so Italian family, they name their kids. But when I was doing ancestry.com and when, everybody's Vincent or Samuel. And I'm like, y'all are making it really hard for me <laughs> to decipher and to teach my children about our ancestors when y'all are all named either Frank, Vince, and Sam. And so my That's dad fantastic. is Sam, my, and then Uncle Vince and Uncle Frank. And so then it just keeps going up. And I'm like, Frankie, little Frankie, big Frankie. And I was like- That's like, well, that's just Italian. the Italian way. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, it makes it so hard. So hard. But right. yours makes so much more sense. It does make more. Yeah. Yes. Well, and your husband's Scott too. Yep. So, so my husband is, but his first name, Scott Matthew. Right. So he's a Scott and I have an abundance of Scots in my life. So like, and I talk about this frequently. I, that was, that's a great title for the episode. <laughs> it is an abundance of Scots and an abundance of Sarah's. Right. So like my sister from another mister is um, my best friend of like over 20 years is Sarah. And then there's my soul sister here, who's Sarah Madras. And then we have multiple other Sarahs yeah. that go like Sarah Powell mm -hmm. and Sarah. Like it's, I mean, I can't even name them all because there are so many. And then the Scots started happening in the similar fashion. And they're all fabulous people, right? Like they're all like Scott Moore and Scott Rudder and my husband, Scott Matthew Midgley and Scott Bloomer, the painter of Color World. Like mm -hmm. all of these amazing individuals who have like entered my life who just, I'm like, the universe is telling me something, right? Yeah. Like there's some reason for that, that I attract all these Scots and Sarahs. What there's not many of them. <laughs> they, they don't do Scots anymore though. Right. I mean, again, right. it was a very popular thing back in the day, mm -hmm. back in the eighties. And, but mm -hmm. yeah, I don't come across any young Scots. You're holding no. it down. I want you to tell our listeners what makes this Scott so special. Right. Scott is a, what we would call a micro-influencer. And micro-influencers have the influential hold on their, you know, local environment or some. And this Scott has, like, you walk around our community, our business community, our small business community, everyone knows you. <laughs> Like Are you blushing your reputation <laughs> precedes you. It's amazing. We're both on the board now of LinkedIn Local, but Scott joined the party a little bit later, but we had not met in person. We had connected on LinkedIn and on Facebook and like seen each other in other like uh, peripheral networking things. There was one LinkedIn Local that I was looking at the guest list and I was like, oh, the only person I need to meet here today is Scott Rudder. <laughs> so we can actually meet in person because like your ability to connect individuals within your circles because you're like the the center of the web what do you think it is that like because that's a gift right not everybody has that mm. so where do you think that gift came from for you and what feeds that yeah i mean again i call it spider networking but i've just always enjoyed connecting people it just i mean internally it brings me a lot of joy so my wife never gets it because she's just like you're not getting paid to network so why are you continuing to be out there morning noon night and everything else but what she doesn't realize is maybe it doesn't show up in the paycheck but it shows up and it feeds my you know heart mm -hmm. and it just yeah 
Mm-hmm. So, I think it comes back to you like tenfold though, like putting out that generosity and that, and that energy of like just willingness to do your wife's an introvert too, right? Very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I understand that being married to an introvert myself. And I think that it is hard for them because they don't understand the energy exchange that happens, right? They can't feel it. They can't see it. That when you are an extrovert and you can share this gift of connecting that you receive so much abundance from it and that's where that lack of understanding and it's not that she, i don't think it's that she doesn't appreciate it it's that i just think she really can't understand it because my husband does not yeah you can't fathom it he you said know, to if me you're not, before like i don't want to turn into you <laughs> that just wouldn't be a good thing for either one of us right? no, we not. definitely don't want to be married mm-hmm. to ourselves yeah, exactly yeah. but it's just it's paying it forward i mean i've been so blessed in my life to come across the wool ones of the world and Deborah Mathias's and Jenny Midgley's and what's so awesome to be here and and have met you face to face. That's right. That's right. Oh, I made it in. I made it into the circle. Yes. (laughs) But it's just doing the right thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, what you said about like one of the ways that I'm deciphering of who do I network with and things like that is when I meet them, do I leave feeling energized or do I leave feeling depleted? And if I leave and I'm like, oh, I feel energized and that filled me up and I'm like psyched and totally stoked about this, then I'm like, okay, I want to connect with that person further and create that relationship and nurture it. If I leave depleted, I'm like, "Mm, okay, that was Mm -hmm. a one and done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, and I think it's also really interesting because like after we met and finally in person and we set up a one-to-one and we had several opportunities, even like just that kind of cropped up that of the universe kind of pushing us together. We spent like an hour and a half on the phone one day, just kind of talking through what was your vision for your life, right? Like right. who who has those conversations within like days of meeting another person, right? It's not Our the people. usual. Our, <laughs> Our people, people do that. Our people do that. Yes. Like that's not the usual progression, right? And I think that when you have people like the Scots and the Woolwinds and the Paul Roberts and the Jenny Midgley's. We're bringing you in slowly. I know your, your, your pace is a little bit. I'm an introvert that loves connection. Right. Yes. It is good. Deep so connection. It is deep, deep connection. connection. So, and I think that that's where we can really excel because we can pick out the bullshit artists versus the people who are intentional and want to mm-hmm. do the good. What's the motive? Right. Yes. And you're right. What you said earlier, there are people that, you know, just drain me and it's exhausting And some of them are, I guess, friends or on the acquaintance level. So I don't want to be disrespectful and not pick up their call, but I'm just like, holy shit. Like, you know, (laughs) it's tough. It's tough because you know that you're going to exert so much energy and you're going to have nothing left. Right. It's like FML. It is, right? When you're like, uh, when you answer the phone, you're like, hey, yeah, I got a quick five minutes so that you've set the parameter. Right. You've already set the boundary. (laughs) Or you let it go to voicemail and then you're like, oh man, I have 10 minutes now. Or you text back and you're like, I have 10 minutes right now. And I I have done that before and been legit. Like, I want to talk to you, but I only have 20 minutes. But there are other people that I'm like, hey, I have 10 minutes at three o'clock. They still don't get it though. Right. And they'll still, yeah. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting is that like, talk about, because Sarah doesn't know your story like I know your story. So if you could talk about like how you came to learn some of those, I don't know, guiding principles, right? About the connection. And because your entrepreneurial journey has been like the multipreneur, (laughs) right? Like it's trying to just kind of find the path that's going to work best for you and your family in that moment. So can you talk to us a little bit about how you kind of came up and, and learned about the value of connection? Yeah. So, and and thank you, Jenny, you've been very influential too. I mean, when we had that 
hour and a half one-on-one, it's kind of like, Scott, where do you want to be? Where do you want to go? And I think that you could tell in that conversation that I was at First Citizens Bank at the time, but I definitely wanted out of that. So it's kind of like, how do I take the cape off and how do I get back into that space? Because I was in that space when I was down in South Florida. But again, it just comes back to, I've been very blessed with the people that have influenced me, you know, past leaders and, and just good people in my life and having that, you know, small little core group. It might look like I have a large network. But again, it's really small because again, you do cut through and trim the fat mm-hmm. and, and, and and get r- rid of those bullshit artists, um, yes. which Woolwin was very intentional in helping me because you do have those drainers and those suckers and the people that have the motives and they're wanting to take, not give like the Paul mm-hmm. Roberts, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, is out to help everybody else. So it just feels good mm-hmm. to, to I, I mean, again, the guiding principles of that is when I'm able to help connect people and it leads either to a transaction or a friendship or something deeper in life, it's like, man, I've accomplished a mission. Mm-hmm. And so when, and how long have you been here? You were in South Florida, you grew up 20, in South Florida? 22 years collectively. So it's, I've, I've really been all over the US, but was born in Ohio for five months first 12 years of my life in Boca Raton, parents divorced. Then I lived in Canada for a year, Minnesota, four years, Arizona for a year, back down to Florida for nine years, which is where I met my lovely wife. And uh, then we've been in the Carolinas since 08. So. I'm from Florida as well, from Tampa. And so I've been to the Boca Beach Mm -hmm. in my college days. We won't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I visited, like we used to visit South Florida, you know, because of course, in the 80s, everybody's grandparents lived in Miami or Fort Lauderdale or my Daytona great, Beach. Daytona, my grand, my great aunt, my great aunts and uncles, there was like a bunch of them all lived in this housing community in Deerfield Beach, Florida. And so we would go visit my grandparents in Miami. And but it was all like it was this giant sprawling senior retirement like place. And I remember just like as a child, I remember feeling totally out of place because none of them wanted little kids running around, mm-hmm. right? Like they were all like, who are you and why are you here? And we don't allow people under 65 here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and all you had to do is play shuffleboard. Like that is right. the only game yep. there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no. And it was like, yeah, but we digress. We don't have to talk. <laughs> but I do remember go like visiting boat, like in with friends and like going and Fort Lauderdale on Boca and it Miami. is very much either you're there for your college like spring rig yeah. or you're like hey pap pap coming to visit you yeah I'm home yep. yes or just filthy rich right trust, trust that, too, yeah. that too yes yes yeah. yeah I remember going to the cheesecake factory in Boca and it was like a different experience <laughs> that must have been <laughs> fairly any recently other cheesecake yeah? fa- oh, my oh no, God, no 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 that a uh, town center mall I don't, yeah sure <laughs> I was, I don't know. I was like 20. There's <laughs> so like two in Boca spring break now. trip. And you were like an awestruck of the cheesecake factory. Well, it was like all the cheesecake factories are supposed to look alike. Right. But the one in Boca did not look like the other cheesecake factories. <laughs> Palm trees. And right. Just, yeah. I'm just saying it was a step up. That's the thing I miss most about Florida's <laughs> restaurants and friends, of course. Right. So, right. and that my old man's down there retired now, but Florida. Yeah. But road rage, no road rage. I was terrible with road rage down there just because the traffic is so highly congested. Mm-hmm. You have the HOV lanes and everything else and move it in the Carolinas. People are just so nice, so friendly. Mm-hmm. You don't it, have that honking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why I say my blood pressure goes up when I go north of Richmond now. 
Mm-hmm. To go back to DC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like between Richmond and then we go farther north to visit my in-laws, like between Richmond and probably Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm like, I hate everybody. I don't want to be on the road. I wish I could teleport. So um, what are your favorite current networking opportunities? <sighs> Let's see here. I'm trying to be a lot more intentional with the networking I do now. A lot of the people I do hang with and I am very close, you know, friends with, it doesn't benefit them to go to the Rockstar Connects or some of the like mega, mega networking events. So what we had talked about right before COVID hit us is doing like Sullivan Steakhouse, doing a bourbon tasting or a wine tasting or doing something in all lane, which is a high end clothier, you know, for men. So just looking to take networking to the next level. I mean, for me, anybody's my client, right? So it doesn't really matter what networking event that I attend, but I definitely want to help those that need the help. And again, that who they want to network with or not the people that network. Right. You know, so what can we do to entice them to want to get out, right. get belly to belly? So I think a bourbon tasting or wine tasting at Soul Events might be exactly that. I'll go. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you'll we'll definitely be, be invited for sure. <laughs> but I do, I like what you said about like recognizing that every opportunity for where you could make connections may not be your opportunity for connections. And I think that's something that you have actually have to walk through to learn, right? Like, cause you look at all the list of different networking opportunities out there in any given city and any given day, right? There's too many to count yep, and you is. don't know which ones to go to. And do you want to go to the proximity? And if you don't have a clear understanding of who your ideal client is and who you're trying to reach and who with whom you're trying to connect, you're going to end up feeling frustrated. And then you're going to turn into that business card give give and take machine that has literally like you get requests for follow-up and you're like why do you even want to talk to me like I appreciate that you want to talk to me but why do you want to talk to me well how awesome (laughs) would that be to just ask that before you schedule it right be like yeah you know what would you like to gain from this one-on-one yep and this like fluff answer of like I want to get to know you and your business yeah I'm like no I'm like just tell me what do you want what is your intention? Be, be direct. Yes. 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 And then because I don't want to waste your time or my time. Like right. that's out of respect for you too. Cause right. I honor that you're busy, you know? Yeah. And I think it's hard like for, actually it's funny. So the first rock star event that I was actually able to go to mm-hmm. in person was the big holiday one where there was like 300 people. Oh my God. It's like the worst nightmare. <laughs> God, that's like, a drive I shack. literally feel vomit <laughs> in my throat. That's <laughs> such a sore subject for me. I didn't get to make that one by the way. And it, I'm sorry to bring up, you know, 300 bed, people. Bedding. There was so many people, <laughs> but because the way that drive shack is set up and the way it was done, it was actually, you didn't feel like there was 300 people. And I was able to meet some people in person, same kind of thing. Like we had connected in other places and meet people in person like Donovan and what you call Michaela from Abundant Marketing. Sure. She was there. Yeah, she's great. And so. Happy like, birthday, Michaela. Oh, yeah. Happy yes. birthday. I well, sent her a video did this you? morning. I did. Yeah, <laughs> LinkedIn one. Oh, he's totally up. I'm like, I sent her a Facebook post. He's like, screw that. I, I sent even her a video. The today. This, so. <laughs> I'm the one that it's like, oh shit, I have to go back and find that notification that said it was so-and-so's birthday today. You are on another level. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Like the way that you think. Well, it's the level of is, thoughtfulness. It is. That's the thing. Like your thought, like uh, not to be redundant, but like the effort that you put into being thoughtful, it's not even truly effort. It just kind of comes naturally. Like that's just your mindset is so like other person first and how can I serve and how can I make other somebody else feel good today 
I think that's one of the things that really draws so many people to you, um, especially in the business field. And that's why I think you, I mean, I know that you were very successful at the bank and even though you wanted out, it wasn't, you wanted out because you were unhappy with the job per se. It just wasn't in alignment with who you are, right? Like you could have effectively continued to do that job. Sure. Very effectively. And you were able to make a whole host of connections and bring people in. And they were, you know, I know they were sad to see you go, but it, if it's because it's not in alignment for how you operate 100, like full, right? Like, mm-hmm. cause it's, you can't always have that thoughtfulness factor when you're not your own boss. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the reason that we had you on the show, cause Jenny's like, Oh, I love him. Love him. And I'm like, he's a dude. Like we're girls who do stuff. <laughs> And so I'm like, we're it not took some ha- convincing. And well, then I find I was like, well, let me just slide this in. <laughs> my like my boundary on it is we can have dudes on the show that are awakened men. Yes. We are not having men on the show. Right. We are having awakened men on the show. You know, like right. that I'm all for. Like we're just not letting random dudes no. come on. Well, and they have to get manicures too, right? <laughs> they have to they have to be somewhat a woman. All right, guys, I notice. <laughs> just saying if you've already signed up to be a guest, be manicure ready. And so let me just give our listeners the, this example. So I show up to the studio this morning and you're standing out there waiting. You have to be buzzed in whatnot. He is like armful of goodies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just like, Oh, you brought Jenny something like that's so sweet. Cause this is the first time we've met each other in person. And then he's like, Oh, there's two bottles of wine. And I was like, there's two bottles of wine. Like this is going on in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he brought two bottles of wine. There's two girls sitting here. I was like, did he bring two things? And we just met the first time. Yeah. <laughs> but that's your level of right. thoughtfulness. And, and I totally didn't even tell her yesterday that you messaged me and we're like, what do you guys drink? Because I, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, this is all like, that was surprise. surprise. Well, I fell short though, because I didn't well, get to make it to ABC right before that's here. Okay. So. And so, and he just, he didn't like, he just slightly said, hey, happy early Mother's Day. And there's a, little bouquet what is that flower single stem rose. thank you thank you and a bottle of wine and i'm just like see mm-hmm. that's next level thoughtfulness mm-hmm. that's the difference right. mean, that's surface. the handwritten thank you note Correct. versus the like hey thanks so much or none none at all right yeah so mm-hmm. thank you for that mm-hmm. yeah thank you very much for that mm-hmm. well that should just be the right thing to do right <laughs> we were like he's the best guest ever he brings treats and we're back in the street <laughs> like it's just like the best day ever <laughs> So now that we're talking about the awakened men and that's how you're on the show, (laughs) what does that, what does that phrase even mean to you? How do you define that? Awakened man or men. I don't know. I guess it's kind of like I go back to earlier. I mean, I've just, honestly, I've been super blessed with those. My, I mean, my parents are my best friends. So that's first. God, obviously, I, I don't know how I found my wife or, or why my wife chose me, but I've got a wonderful uh, wife, wonderful daughter, two great sons, and just the people I choose to surround myself with. I mean, honestly, yep. this is what awakens me and, and just it's karma, right? It's, mm-hmm. just, it, it's, it's just doing the right thing when nobody's watching. And again, it just brings me so, so much internal joy. I mean, truly. So I'm going to like kind of deconstruct that to what I hear and what I take away from that, which is like your parents set an awesome example for how to behave and interact with other people. You had excellent role models growing up, even despite moving around all over the place. Your wife saw something in you before you even 
saw what power you you can wield, right? And she thought I was gay, by the way, when she first met me. So <laughs> please tell us. Yeah, please. Like what? <laughs> well, I used to be very. I wouldn't say GQ, but Armani Exchange. I was just very. You were, you were Metro, right? You yes, were Metro yes. Central. Yeah. Well, I'm still Metro, but yes. you know, eyebrows, wax, manicures, right. all that stuff. That's awesome. But frosted um, tips. <laughs> What's that? Frosted tips. No, no, I don't. Well, you'd have to have a little bit of hair to be able to do the frosted <laughs> tips. That day sale long ago. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's funny because I used to wear the tight shirts and the tight mm. pants and all that. And I was very superficial too, I'll say. I mean, just very, everything had to be a name brand. Like I even remember my dad makes fun of me in high school. It was, they had to be Levi's, but they couldn't be, they had to be the red tab mm. back then. Uh, but I got past all that. I mean, you start having kids and now it's like, who cares right. where, mm -hmm. where the clothing came from? And I'm a big watch collector, but I don't even wear the watches anymore. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I was, I, I was fake at one point. I haven't worn a watch since 2000 and because now we have phones six. that have the clock all the time. Mm -hmm. I have not worn a watch since 2006 since I finished grad school because then I immediately started working in hospitals and I had a pager because I was issued a pager and there was a clock in every room and every hallway. Do you think that because the timing of that for you is around when you met your wife, do you think that it was your relationship with your wife, that was the catalyst for that transition into the journey of becoming an awakened man. Do you think it the catalyst was your kids? For a lot of men that I talk to, the catalyst is usually their kids, especially if they only have daughters. That's They're like, I have to make this journey if I'm going to want to have a, a real connection with them and be able to to talk to them and help them and teach them. So what for you do you think was the catalyst? Both, both to find a woman that will put up with me. My previous relationship I was in for, you know, three and a half years. So Italian Peruvian, again, we got along great. It was, we got along great or we were fighting like, you know, yes. cats and dogs. Mm -hmm. yes. But I mean, my Passionate. dad was just excited. Yes. Passion. Passion she, everywhere. She had a double shot of passion right, right there. <laughs> yeah. We're still very good friends and she has kids now too. So my dad was just happy to see me launch, like failure to launch yeah. for that movie, yes. like, you know, where the parents could get rid of Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. He was just like, man, thank God somebody's <laughs> taking you off of my hands. So, but it was a combination of my wife and also definitely the first kid that we had. Mm -hmm. So my oldest is actually my stepson. Mm -hmm. So my wife's from right outside of Baltimore. We met in Florida in 2004, got engaged in 2006, married in 07, had our first kid, Justin Scott Rudder in 2008 and then had princess Riley in 2009. Oh. So I think it's having my stepson who I consider he's, he's my real son. In fact, right. I, I pray that the other two are two turn out to be just like him, but having to be that influencer and having to really step into his life that really, mm -hmm. you know, fast forwarded me and made me have to grow up. Yeah. What I find too, in talking with men, even like, and it breaks my heart is because Men don't have other men that they can talk to necessarily. Like, I don't really see that a lot unless they're in the awakened men realm, right? Right. Like, they're not sitting down and like, here's what I'm struggling with. Let's talk it out. And like, hey, how can you support me? You know what I mean? But I notice when you become an awakened man who's on that journey, then you're like the champion and you're, you know, mentoring and, you know, helping other and things like that. And so- has, how has that played out for you in your life? Do you see that pattern as well? Well, to be really honest, I mean, 
you have to be vulnerable. And again, I think so many people fake it on social media. Everything looks picture perfect or, you know, they're constantly, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you, my life is definitely far from picture perfect. You know, where it might look like, hey, I mean, my wife, <laughs> we have a relationship like, just like the next person. So definitely it's not all rainbows and butterflies and mm-hmm. happiest wife, happiest Unicorn life. And glitter and, and, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. And, and I didn't have a perfect child. I had a perfect childhood up until about I was 11 years old. And then my parents who were best friends. And again, I did have a kind of dream you know, childhood, but then they divorced and went through a lot of tough times. I mean, moving around as a kid, all that, all that is, mm-hmm. is tough. Having your parents divorce, that was tough. So I've been through a lot of shit too. Mm-hmm. And I don't fake it. And again, and, and the Woolwinds and in our conversation, Jenny and anybody, I'll be the first to, if I had a friend yesterday, alcoholism. I grew up with alcoholism. Both of my parents were, mm-hmm. one's functional. Yeah. One's been sober now for two decades my wife's uh, mom, recovering alcoholic. So it runs heavy on both sides of the family. So I was one to throw myself out there hearing my friend that had to put somebody in the clinic of like, hey, I've been through this. Mm -hmm. Anything I can do to help, I'm more than happy to. Mm -hmm. So do you find that people are hesitant and question your motives when you do approach it with how can I help? I mean, that is like my mantra, right? Like I remember in grad school, uh, there's a book by Ram Das and Paul Gorman called How Can I Help? And I had a marriage and family therapy professor that gave that to us and as part of our reading. And I go back to it over and over and over and over again. And that's like my mantra. But what I find, and I'm, I'm wondering if you find the same thing, that when you do offer assistance and when you say like, sure, how can I help? I'm happy to do whatever you need. Like, let me know that people are hesitant and questioning your motives. I do. I, I, I mean, again, the people that really know me the best, you know, don't question it. But yeah, I, I think some people are skeptical or, you know, they think, hey, what, what is this guy up to? Mm-hmm. Or, or, or what would he want to do? I, I think one of the things I struggle with is saying no. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's what you brought up earlier. And Woolwin's mm-hmm. been a huge, I, I think there's other people wanting to pull from that. Mm-hmm. And I, I need to get better at saying no. Mm-hmm. Because my heart wants to open up to everybody and say yes to everyone, but then there's only so much of me that can go around. And then again, you're depleted and then that's where I'm not able to give energy to my house like I am out there when I'm in the field. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Go ahead. I mean, there's some real go-givers out there. We know that, but there's also a lot of people that are bullshit artists or people that do have a motive or people that you know, ride your coattails they, they, or, well, well, they want to help themselves, yeah. right. you know, and, and, and they're not about, you know, helping the other people. Right. So they're not saying, how can I help? They're saying, how can you help me? Well, and it makes me think, cause I've, and I've been asking myself this question all week, actually, is it reminds me of the friends episode where Phoebe is like, there is no selfless act. Correct. Right. And I'm like, oh, I think she was right. Because even when I I'm doing something, I'm still getting something out of it. Even if it's that feeling of like, yay, that made me happy. You know what right. I mean? And I'm in this place and COVID has like prompted that because I'm like, what can I do? What can I do? I want to give, I want but then I'm like, but none of it feels truly selfless because I'm still getting something out of it because it feels good. You know what right. I mean? And I'm like, damn it. But I don't think you have like to we're judge being the that. selfish ones. Right. right. But like, here's yes. the thing. I don't think we have to judge that. I think that, that the people who are, angry or like trying to prove the point that there is no selflessness, right? The problem is, is that you don't take into account how people have their own internalized reward systems and how 
Like there are people who are introverted and there are people who are extroverted and there are people who legitimately are generous of spirit. And it's like, yes, you can do things selflessly without thinking about how it's going to benefit you, right? The act can be selfless. Like the fact that you get a reward from it in some way, or you get some kind of positive reinforcement to me is irrelevant. Right. Because okay. the act itself. So it's, it's a lack of expectation because I don't yes. expect anything back by I, any means. I call that the tit for tat. Right. I mm-hmm. hate that. Oh, right. I hate that so much. Somebody's Especially, keeping score. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it, it's and, icky. Right. It and is. the reward no, is the natural reward of like that. It fills your soul. Right. You know what I mean? But right. there's not an expectation. Okay. That, that was helpful. But, but to you. argue for Phoebe though. The, if you know that by being a generous person and living that way, that it's going to be reciprocal, then you kind of know. Right. That's not, <laughs> yes, Joe. See, yeah, that's but, what I always in my brain. Like, But again, if you go, <laughs> if your intention is to go into it and not have the expectation that of reciprocity. Right. Right. That's where but the selflessness comes in. I mean, there are people who definitely go in and be like, I'm going to do good because I'm going to receive good. And they have that awareness, but. But it's not because I'm going to receive good, but there is the awareness like Joe is talking about, about karma and the universal laws and things like that. Right. And so I was like really digging in deep of like, okay, I'm doing this because I want to, but I do still know the universal, like I am aware enough that positive things are going to happen. And then I was feeling like, shit, maybe I am selfish. But I see, that's the thing. I, I hate, like, I don't like using language that's going to end up being pejorative. Right. I mean, y'all know this about me. Like I hate the word lazy. I hate the word selfish. I I like, I don't think that that necessarily and busy. Oh, don't even get me started on busy. But <laughs> like, I don't think we need to define things that way. I think that makes other people feel better about how they live their lives. For me, it's about just doing what is good for me and find my family what's and my aligned. circle, what's in alignment, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's where I'm finding like solace, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the- Your core value. Our title sponsors for this show are Diane Kinlaw and Jamie Tulak. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or wish to refinance, why not seek the counsel of a friend who happens to know the triangle housing market better than the back of her hand? As your local lender, Diane Kinlaw knows how important this area is to you because it's her home too. That's why she's made it a goal not to just be the best loan officer around, but a community leader supporting small businesses with referrals and networking events and supporting local charities with frequent fundraisers. If you're looking to move to Holly Springs or the surrounding area, or maybe interested in a refinance to lower your term or rate, Diane offers a wide array of programs to fit your family's needs. Let her be a part of your path home. A home doesn't have to be a dream. Let Diane make it a reality. You can contact us at www.goprime.com and search for Diane or call 919-624-9541. Go Prime Mortgage Incorporated, company NMLS number 69551. Diane Kinlaw, NMLS number 1600777. Go Prime is an equal housing opportunity lender. Today's show sponsor, Jamie Tulak of eXp Realty, has a passion for serving clients and nearly a decade of industry experience as a top producing realtor and designer. Jamie Tulak of eXp Realty will help you reach your real estate goals. Whether you're buying, selling, investing, or renting in today's market, having an experienced real estate expert working for you is crucial. And don't forget to ask her about her hometown heroes credit for military, police, firefighters, teachers, and medical providers. 
Contact Jamie Tulak today at 559-707-1913. That's 559-707-1913. MRP certified. What is the impact that you want to have in the world through the vehicle of your business? Just providing wow, the wow factor and providing value in everything that I do. So for instance, to take that back to the bank, you know, is one of those things where bankers are so quick to give you a $10,000 credit card or give Mm -hmm. you an equity line or sell you whatever kind of loan product they're trying to sell you because it's a tick mark, you Mm -hmm. know, and it's, it's no wonder that Wells Fargo, there's many other banks where you would think bankers are making like $250,000 and they should be based on the pressure that's, you know, put on them Mm -hmm. because I mean, God, car salesmen make so much more. I mean, there's so many other fields that Mm -hmm. you can make a lot of money in. Most bankers, I'll tell you, are not salespeople. They're Mm -hmm. more order takers. But the one thing I always did as a banker is I would take time to have a discovery conversation, take have a holistic approach and educate them mm-hmm. about the things other bankers weren't having conversations on. So for example, I give you a $10,000 credit card. It's utilization is key. Never charge beyond 30% without paying it down or paying it off. Because if you go ahead and max that baby out, that's going to take your credit score down 40 points, 50 points. Mm-hmm it can be a really bad thing. Mm -hmm. And then on the equity line side, there's 99 good reasons to have one like Jay-Z, right? 99 problems. No, but the one thing that (laughs) (laughs) the one thing they would leave my office knowing is they'd hear the the consequence because if I was doing debt consolidation, $30,000, number one, when we were paying those credit cards off, I said, let's have a cup party. So I handed the scissors over and said, Hey, let's cut up these cards. Don't close them Mm because that will also impact your credit but let's cut these babies up. Mm -hmm. Right. So if there's not one thing they took away, it's the consequence of you can potentially put your family homeless by having this equity line. Mm -hmm. So I guess to take that to what I'm doing now currently with insurance is I find so many lazy agents out there and it's disgusting because they do everything by default at best, Mm -hmm. you know, so just to real quickly give a story, you know, I have a new car that's not even a year old. I wrecked it three months in and my, well, my agent at the time was my neighbor And he had given me $30 car allowance a day. And guess what? So I got downgraded a vehicle. I didn't get the same vehicle as what I had. So from the common sense factor, how wouldn't have he known to put me knowing 30 wasn't going to be sufficient to keep me in the same car Mm -hmm. or to have given me the right, right? And that's the thing. If Mm -hmm. you're not given your rights. Mm -hmm. So my value add is taking people through insurance is not a sexy thing. I try and make it sexy, you know, but it's doing the right thing by the client, right? Going through the whole conversation, making sure I'm meeting their needs and then doing the thank you cards, giving them a thank you on their anniversary. Yeah. It's doing, again, that doing the constant, thoughtfulness. Uh, yeah. The constant pulse checks mm-hmm. and just giving a damn. That's a thing. I mean, you just have to be passionate about whatever it is you do. And that goes back to my dad. You know, he's like, if you're going to do something, do it right. If not, do, don't do it at all. Yes. And my license plate, it's Swift. Mm-hmm. Do whatever it fucking takes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that's that's what I live by. That's my core value. And that's who I am is do it to the fullest. Right. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point, too, because legit, we've had the same insurance agent since we were before we were married and we've been married 11 years. I haven't never heard from him ever. You're not getting chocolates okay. like on holidays. No, I've you're not getting never. bottles of wine and flowers saying happy early Mother's Day. Right, I didn't get wine and flowers saying happy Mother's Day. No, I like legit. I have not heard from him in over eleven years. And when my husband was with the boys and I was at the beach and the car broke down, and my husband's like, "Well, I don't. What are we supposed to do? Like, she's not here. Car seats. We need like. There's this whole thing. You can't just jump into the tow truck when you have right. the kids in the car seats." And that whole thing, he ended up having to get neighbors, tow truck, all these things. But the guy was like, 
yeah, I'll send you like 80% for the tow truck. So we've been with them for 11 years. We've never filed a claim ever. And he's like, yeah, I'm not even going to cover the tow truck at full or, you know, just like bullshit like that. Right. It's like, really, dude? Or did you even need the tow truck? That's the other thing I find on insurance policies is people have towing, towing, but they have AAA. Right. So that's and an we extra did too. Expense. We had both. And I was right. like, wait, we have, and I'm yelling at my husband from the beach, like, you're paying for a damn tow truck when we have insurance and AAA. I was so like, this doesn't make well, sense. And see, so this talks to also brand loyalty, right? Like I, even if somebody can offer me a better rate, I will never leave Geico. You know why? Because I am the person that locks keys in the car and Geico will come and unlock my car for me every week if I need it. <laughs> Scott will come unlock your car every week for you. I know. I'm like, but Scott, you know we're going to have to have a conversation. But right, like this was like, I mean, now I have like the thing, I just touch it and it unlocks. But like before, like legit, when I had my Jeep, I would have to like, at least they were like, four hey, times Jenny. a year. And they will always, you know, I know like emergency roadside assistance is so important. I don't need AAA because I have Geico. And like, I don't have an age. Like, and I, I totally understand for some insurance policies, I want to talk to people, right? Like I want to talk to, I want to have that conversation about life insurance. I want to have that conversation about home and whatever, Mm -hmm. but I'm telling you, love you. Never leaving Geico. (laughs) No. And I I had a conversation with somebody about that um, this week earlier too. And they had a phenomenal experience with, with that. I mean, obviously you want to try and shop local, keep local where you can, Mm -hmm. but again, you've had an extraordinary experience Mm -hmm. with, with them. I mean, and I've literally since my parents have, I mean, it's one of those things, right? Like my parents always had Geico. And so when I left their policy and had to get my own when I was in my 20s, like I have never driven not having Geico cover my car insurance. And what's interesting is I think what you said is so important is if you wouldn't have said that, I wouldn't have known. And so that's the thing is we don't know what we don't know. Exactly. And so there's people listening that are like, wait, insurance agents like touch space with you throughout your policy. You just yeah. don't like sign the paperwork and write them a check every, you know, by right. annually or whatever the hell you do Right. Well, you, you, you should never take anybody for granted, whether it's, you know, you're networking, you Mm -hmm. know, people, whether it's just anybody in general. And Mm -hmm. and like I told my business partner, he's had, you know, the business down for two years, but he's not pulse checking those people. So guess what? They're going to leave because they end up meeting somebody Mm -hmm. else at a networking event. It's kind of like, wow, like I'm really not that close with my insurance agent. Right. So again, brand loyalty and just keeping your clients front center. Well, it's It's valuing them. It's right. Because then you are like, it's like, oh, they do value me. They do appreciate me. And so then there's that reciprocity of I value and appreciate them too. They didn't I just take my money. Totally. Once. I right. do not feel valued at all by right. our insurance agent. I feel like he's just collecting his money and like, he does whatever. We may have other conversations after this episode. Oh, though. most definitely. <laughs> because I am all about that is I want those quality people around me. Mm-hmm. And because now I'm giving money to him when he doesn't value me. Where I'd rather give money to you when you do value me and there's that reciprocity of right. we both appreciate each other. Yeah. Yep. I'd rather feed your family. <laughs> like really, that's what it comes down to because I know you actually give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, yeah. And that's the thing. Girls like, who give a shit. Girls yes. who give a shit. Yeah. And, a man, and a man slash woman. <laughs> that yes. gives a shit. Girls who do shit and give a shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're going to have to replace the sign for Joe. <laughs> Instead of do this stuff, it's going to say, do the shit. That's awesome. Uh, okay. We right. are at our lightning round. We are. So we do something on the show called the lightning round. Yeah. Unlike the Chandler Bing, Wapa. Whipped. Anyway, we've been watching a lot of Friends. <laughs> Love Friends. <laughs> right? 
And that's like my line, right? Like if you ever have photos taken with me, you'll hear me at least one time during the session say, don't do the Chenandler bong. And because I get the people who are like, mm, yes, with the smile. And you right? have it down perfect. Which by too. the way, I can't yeah. wait to become a client, you know, either. Very so Thank you. I'm very excited. excited. <laughs> Love new clients. So, so yeah, so we do this thing called the, what was I saying? Lightning round. Lightning round. We do this thing called the lightning round. So we're going to rapid fire questions at you and you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. All right. You want to alternate since we're together? Reunited at last. I know. I know. It's so exciting. All right. Ready? I'll go first and then you go. All right. What is the number one thing on your bucket list? To go back to Turks and Caicos. I promised my family it's a five-year goal, but really to me, it means three years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to work very hard in my business to make sure that I deliver on that promise. Awesome. Awesome. Yay. I have one that I just thought like, but it's a new one. Is that okay? Go for it. Okay. When is the moment where you have felt like, okay, I've proven myself? Through all the stability that I've provided for my family, that's been very rewarding for me. So as unstable as I am in some ways, you know, again, I've always (laughs) (laughs) been very consistent in some approaches. I don't know. Okay. So at the place where you felt like you proved yourself is when there was that stability that you could provide for the family. Yeah. I mean, again, because at the end of the day, family first, right? Totally. Mm -hmm. God first, family first. Mm -hmm. So. All right. What is your number one favorite book? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's a good one. That is a good one. Okay. Finish this sentence. If I wasn't doing blank career that you're doing now, so insurance, thanks. Okay. I would be what? Lincoln lawyer, Matthew McConaughey, collecting Benjamins out of the back of the limo. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a second. I was like, what? That was a very easy answer. That's fantastic. (laughs) All right. What is the best advice you have ever been told? Put your heart in everything that you do. Play, play, or like, you know, football. I Mm -hmm. love football. So, you know, leave, leave your heart, your soul, leave it all out on the football field. So in everything you do, give it, give it your best shot. It's so funny that that's like, it's so amazing that that was what your answer was because Scott Moore Mother Scott was the speaker this morning for a triangle business breakfast. Cause every week there's a speaker and he was talking about heart centered leadership. That was his, his theme awesome. for the day. So wow. y'all are in alignment and didn't even know it. <laughs> didn't even know it. <laughs> oh, and how you do anything is how you do everything. Yes. So that'd be the second piece of that. Yeah. You know, always be true and loyal to yourself and yeah, the rest mm-hmm. will take care of itself. Awesome. What is something that no one knows about you? Only child. I moved around as many as times as I've moved around, I guess. You are pretty transparent. Like you, you are I like open. to drink. Yeah. <laughs> then it's something what is your drink of choice? You. Scotch. Scotch. Okay. Bourbon second. Okay. IPA third. Gotcha. Oh, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> IPA, just put that right there. <laughs> just kidding. But no, you are very transparent. And like, you are very much like what you see is what you get. That authenticity factor and and genuineness is there. So yeah, and I'd be surprised if there were like some dark skeletons or something. Oh, I mean, I wasn't even looking for dark skeletons. No, I know. I'm I'm sure there are. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm sure there are several, but yeah. And and that could be a bad thing too, being too open book or being too open because it takes a, a lot of people, like my wife, she's so guarded, but she's so introverted and she just, I mean, I still don't know her after all the time that we've been together since 2004. For me, it's like my whole life story mm-hmm. within the first or second meeting. Mm-hmm. So again, it's opening up your heart. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I'm like you, I mean, why waste time? Right. You know, yes. you're either going to like me or not going to like me and it's okay either way. Oh yes. Why mm-hmm. waste time? Yes. And that's, and that I've had that conversation like over and over and over again with several and in different iterations, right. That like, why is it sometimes harder, but also extremely so much easier to create friendships and relationships as adults and it's because we are not in the mood for that. Like we don't need the dating to happen, right? Like as adults, we can very quickly assess when we are self-aware if this is someone we would want in our universe and who we would want to. Well, we have limited time, so we exactly. have to be efficient. Exactly. I like being an acquired taste too, by the way. I don't want everybody, you know, yeah. again. Mm-hmm. So can I ask another one? Oh. Yes. Yeah. What has been your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it? I think just being locked in a cage for as long as I was locked in a cage. I mean, and I don't know what advice I can give the other people listening, but knowing I was born to be an entrepreneur, you know, again, I was just always very driven as a kid, lemonade, Kool-Aid stand, whatever it took to earn a buck, going to Costco, selling candy, getting in trouble at school. So, you know, after I started my family, I had a window cleaning, pressure cleaning, gutter cleaning business. I couldn't move that, you know, to North Carolina right? I mean, it requires capital and all these different things. So I was with one career for 10 years and then, you know, banking the last three years. And so I had the fear of not going into business for myself. And why, why did I struggle to do that for 13 years? Knowing that's what I was born to do. So mm-hmm. again, Woolwin Port, you know, called me out on that Jenny and our first discussion kind of like, really? Like, what are you doing all this for? You know, are you going to mm-hmm. be in banking forever? So yeah. Mm-hmm. So you would identify Michael Jordan, just do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you would identify that cage that you're referring to as more non-entrepreneurial for you. That was the cage. You've always been born to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I, and I let, you know, fear and just, yeah, it was my own own worst enemy and then not having the confidence to make that move and and through prayer and through the people that know me the best, they were like, just do it. I mean, worst case scenario, right. And go back into corporate America. Totally. So, yeah. yeah. And I actually came in in the tail end of that. But so it was interesting. It was very interesting during our conversation that it was because I do remember asking you, I was like, independent of the bank. You're like, you're fake. Wait, I didn't say that. (laughs) No, but I was like, independent of your job right now. What is it that you want your persona to be? What is it that you want? Like, if you're going to put yourself out there, what is it that you want other people to know about you? And like, are you going to be with the bank forever? Are you going to be like, are you going to look for another career? Like, you don't know. So how do you want to kind of like set up that perception factor for everybody around you? And I clearly remember that conversation and you paused and it took like a full minute of like, just really internalizing that and thinking about it and then being like, you know what? This isn't something I'm going to want to do forever. And this is why I've been asking and I've been seeking and I've been talking to these other people. And then like within four weeks, you were like. <laughs> well, and I think that because what when I said, Peace. what is the challenge and what did you overcome it? What you did to overcome it was you reached out to your resources mm-hmm. and yep. you you started asking yourself the hard questions and the future focused questions, not just, OK, for right now. And so, you know. That was what you did to overcome it. And people have access to that now. It's not like you were like, well, to overcome it, I went to the bank and got some capital. And then I opened like, no, I lurked within myself. I reached out to my connections of the people that I trust the most, had actual vulnerable, real conversations with them and got that insight and got that courage and, and moral support. 
And then that's when I went for mm-hmm. it. And I think and stop being scared. Right. Cause yeah. people think, Oh, I can't do this. I mm-hmm. can't be an entrepreneur unless I have X, Y, and Z startup money or if, unless this, that, and another, and it's, you can do it. Yep. If that is what your end game and your long-term calling is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also very clearly remember that conversation that I was trying to keep my daughter out of the room and she was literally laying on the floor outside the door banging, going, mommy, <laughs> mommy. I don't know why. And she leaves my husband alone for every call. No, but th- thank you. I'll, g- I'll give some credit <laughs> to you on that too, Jenny. Because like I said, you're kind of like, I don't get it. Are you trying to be rock star? Are you trying to be mm-hmm. the bank? Or are you trying to be, your brand's very inconsistent? Yeah. Or what is it that you want to, you know, be known for or do? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That was a good talk. I was like, we didn't even really talk about talk. rock star. No, you can throw a plug in. Yeah, so I know. Uh, I'm like, what? Is, our bad. Sorry. Sorry. No, it's cool. It's you cool. talked about the 300 well, event, right, and so I let, got anxious. Uh, sorry. So let's <laughs> let me kind of like bring it back for a second. So Scott Rudder, where could our people find you? They could find me on gotthegoose.com. So they could find me on rockstarconnect.com. So I'm national uh, director of business development for Stephen David Elliott with Rockstar Connect, and then also, of course, how I feed my family is through the insurance business and Rockstar Connect. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, can you tell people listening about what Rockstar Connect is? Because I didn't know about it until Jenny mm-hmm. told me. Yeah, so it's the largest networking company in the U.S., and I originally started out being a client so of of Rockstar Connect. So there's over 100 events that take place throughout the country right now, virtually, of course, until we can get back belly to belly and do things in person. But kind of my why behind doing the Rockstar Connect is really what inspired Chuck, Chuck Norman and Louis Vitello with Business and Beers. I had been to several of their events and I very much believe in what they believe in, which is on Thursday night, they always pick a local business, which is the slowest night typically in the restaurant industry. And so they're supporting a small business. They're bringing people together you know, I like the way they greet you and they do a cool giveaway. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even know about Rockstar Connect at the time. It was actually somebody in California that connected me to Stephen David Elliott. And I just really, then I had attended like two events and I wanted to be a connector and I wanted to help people. And it allowed me that platform to be able to do that. And I followed what the typical Rockstar Connect wouldn't have been. My vision for it is number one, partner with like-minded professionals, non-competing industries, so we could all leverage one another's network make it about purpose. Again, I followed the culture of supporting a small local business. We also, I want to add a layer of charity. So every other month, what we do is we bring in a charitable organization and help raise money and awareness for that charity and then really intentionally connect people because I network wrong so long in my life. Mm -hmm. So it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people to walk into an event and just shake hands with a random stranger. Mm -hmm. Or if you do go to an event, you're typically going to hang around with your buddies, which is then going to prevent you from meeting new connections. Mm -hmm. So when you come to our event sphere, it's like, hey, who do you want to meet? Stop looking at me, Jenny, when he (laughs) says that. Stop looking at me. (laughs) So... So, and it is interesting. So each rock star, so each rock star event has a host. Correct. And so you have to, you know, you sign up with the company and you can become a host. And, but it is very interesting. Every Rockstar connect event there, you set it up for success in a way that the hosts learn immediately who's walking in the door. And then they say they already have, because they've already learned who's walking in the door. They're say they say, the next question is who would you, who are you looking to meet? And then they will, either physically walk you over or call somebody over or they'll call that person over to you. Like whatever it is, they make sure that they connect you. Okay. So let with me those make sure I'm understanding trying to make- this. So if I show up to a rock star event, cause I haven't been to one. Thanks a lot, Jenny. <laughs> so you know who I am coming in. So you're like, Hey Sarah, 
I want to introduce you to who? Like, is that what well, you mean? Well, I mean, how that would sound is welcome to the event. How'd you hear about the event? If we don't know who you are coming in, of course. And then it's, if I could introduce you to anyone in the room, who would that be? So we need to know, again, is it a lawyer? Is it a small business owner? Is it a painter? Who is that? And then we will very intentionally through our sphere group, you know, walk you over to that person and get you in front of that person. Cause how efficient is that? How totally. awesome is that for you to go to a room of 50 people, a hundred people, and we're going to pick out the two or three people that you came there with an agenda to meet that yes. are going to, you know, be your best referral partners or be your best right. clients. Cause it's and, totally overwhelming. If not, like it really does feel very overwhelming if that doesn't happen. So yeah. you guys like, that's a really great System. Well, yeah. it's, being, it's being intentional. I mean, it's never about us. And I, I had to coach some of the people that I wanted to partner with because at the time I was in a non-commission based role. So whether I would have sold a thousand loans, one loan, 10 loans, you know, again, it, it didn't benefit me financially, mm-hmm. but a lot of people that were commission based had a more selfish, I guess, thought to it to where, Hey, I have to see ROI. Mm-hmm. I have to get something out of this. And I just believe again, the whole karma thing, pay it forward. Things will come back in organic ways. So we never talk about ourselves. In fact, you know, it's never like, hey, you know, I'm Scott Rudder. I'm with First Citizens Bank or, mm-hmm. or hey, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. If people ask me, then of course, I'm going to share with them what I do. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's never about me. It's always about, hey, how can we help you? Mm-hmm. When you serve other people first, again, totally. it, it yeah. all works itself out. And and each one has its different flavor. So like Dom and uh, Dominic Bettestel and Dave Riddell, who hosts the RTP one, actually Dominic's wife is going to be our next guest. And she picks out because she's like the professional de- development, like, book guru in their house. So for their events, she will give Dom a list of books and he'll go out and they'll do like giveaways of professional development books of whatever, whatever Heather's recommended that that month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, love, love Dom. He does yep. a phenomenal job. And they will event. also do like a feature 60 second. Like they'll pull your like one name out of the hat for the event and mm-hmm. somebody can give their like full 60 second pitch. It's so cool to surround yourself with the best because that's something that I picked up from his event that mm-hmm. I want to incorporate at our event too. So, you know, you're always picking yeah. up nuggets from different people. Yeah, totally. Which when awesome. I did my, I actually got that uh, one month and then I totally forgot to plug the podcast. Thanks a lot. And I walked away and Heather was like, <laughs> Jenny, the podcast. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't believe it. I would do that too. I'm like, it's too much pressure. I know. I was like on the spot because <laughs> yes. I was not expecting it. I was like, oh, yeah. 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 So now I have it on my phone. Cool. Well, now I'm excited to hit up a rock star. Definitely. And anybody out there listening that does want to start their own rock star event, because again, I think there's going to be a lot of people on that wagon now, more so. There's already 12 here in the triangle. There's one every single night of the week, it seems, right, Jenny? And so if you want to learn more, whether it's about hosting a virtual event or an in-person event, definitely Mm -hmm. connect with us at rockstarconnect.com. And we'll be happy to, you know, see if it's the right fit for you. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for yeah. being here today. Thank you we for so our appreciate presence. appreciate you and thank you for our wine and flowers. Yes. You're welcome. Thank <laughs> so you so nice. much for having me. It's been a and great time. Yeah, this has been a great a great way to spend. And we're going to take a picture of his shoes because his shoes are on fire. He always has. Those. Right. So even though you're not Credit doing the brand wife. name. I know. Even though he's not doing the, the uh, brand name, you know, hey, high fashion anymore. He's still very fashionable. Yes. Always. All right. Well, Scott Rudder, thank you so much for being here with us. We're going to post all your links on our social media and on our website. We love that you love listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. And we would love for you to connect to us further on liking us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening, comments, shoot us some questions. We love connection. Yep. And uh, give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That means a lot and it helps other people find us. So... Thank you again so much for listening today. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And and you do you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. 
You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media. 